0: Sooners of Oklahoma,
1: 12-0, and still looking for respect nationwide. What? Is going on sooner nation. Thank you all for tuning into another episode of the Barry and Mack show. As always, myself, Barry, personal trainer, sports performance coach, and alongside me, but not right now, live former wide receiver for Oklahoma 2000 national champ, Mr. Damian Mackey. This is part two of a podcast that went a little bit long following the UCF game. We made it a point last season to not do as many two-parters, but this one. We just went pretty long, wanted to break it up into some more easily digestible chunks for you folks. So this one is strictly offense with a little discussion at the very end. But make sure to tune in tomorrow when we drop the Gorilla Nuts player play of the week. And make sure to go follow the social media at Barry and Mac, S-H-W on X. DMAC is at D underscore Mac 13 and find me at B-WISE Fitness at letter B-W-I-S-E Fitness. As always, thank you all for listening. On to the show. Moving to the other side of the ball, though. And then we'll start with uh, what I would say is probably the negative, and we'll finish with positive. The offensive line, run game, running backs. We've made it kind of a tradition here to talk about that as a whole. and, And I think we'll probably do the same today. It was a tough game at the office. Of course, everybody knows, oh, you got a little something going at the end, and I'm sure you'll dive into possibly why that was the case. Saw Chuck got the start. It was an utter disaster, the first series. I think they went um, pass out on the, the little flare, and then they went direct snap, and then they they went to something else entirely on third down, and it was not good. It was exactly how you would not draw it up. Nothing worked. And uh, it, it was really a tough day, tough start for, for Gavin Sawchuk, who got his first start as a Sooner in this game, along with Nick Anderson. And I believe Caleb Schaefer also got his first start as well. But but diving into what OU's got to do in the run game, Mac, because this one was as interesting as ever, because UCF, as good as they are running the football, they're one of the worst in the country when it comes to stopping the run. Kansas was able to put a ton of yards on him, and I think we expected that with Oklahoma because, one, just a bad run defense in general. Two, you're coming off of a bye week after beating Texas. You figure that the energy is still going to be high. You figure that they've gone back to the drawing board a little bit, right? Maybe they've thrown out some things and said, you know what? This isn't going to work. Let's go with this. Um, Let's game plan a little bit for the back half of this season. Let, let's try to dial up some things that we do well a little bit more. Let's nick some of the stuff we don't do so well. And let's drive home some of the technique on the things that we really want to get to. And in this game, Demac just felt like they never got to it. It felt like they were just always out of rhythm, which is how the run game has felt all year. It, it, it's felt like they've had times where stuff is there and the running back just misses it. Or the running back maybe makes something out of nothing because the offensive line missed a block. Um, and in this one, they started the game, and we'll go into receivers a little bit, that they went kind of small with their personnel. I actually think uh, Freeman, you talked about the little Y. They had Freeman at little Y quite a bit to open the game. Then they went back to that more traditional 11, and, and Stogner came in late, and that's when they started running the ball a little bit better. But talk about the O-line. Talk about the running backs, man. What what did you see out of Sawchuck? And what does this O-line need to do slash running backs need to do as as now you're in a situation where you've got to figure out how to run the ball or you're going to get beat? Because if you can't do it late in games and if you can't impose your will against good teams, you're going to catch a loss somewhere down the line. They're fortunate that it wasn't against UCF.
0: What at this you know what, point,
1: better. yeah, go, go for it, man. Hitting the panic button. Well, what does
0: OU need to do? You, you're going to think I'm crazy for saying this, but I think we finally found out what our guys can do well. We went through three, two and a half, three quarters of literal stomach angst, um, seeing the same old, same old. Reminded me of the backers last year. Like, oh, God, here we go again, right? We got these backers, and we're consistently putting them in position to be unsuccessful. Some of the safeties, too. But I think, and I really believe this, Barry, I think we had an epiphany, and I think think there's going to be some some changes to how we run the football moving forward. I think there's personnel issues, and then I think there's scheme issues. Uh, Which one do you want to talk about first? Let's go personnel first. That's the quick one. Majors needs to only be a guy catching the ball out of the backfield or some type of something on the on the perimeter. He so majors and you know this better than me. You spoke to this. If, If he if he assumes contact is coming, I think he may be a guy who closes his eyes because he never misses contact. Contact always finds him which running back should, which by the way, the, what's the kid's name? Harvey, man, how many guys Damn. had him lined up and and they don't touch him or they don't tackle him. Right. That's what a running back is supposed to do. He's supposed to run away from contact. Needless to say, we're, we're talking about our our guys. Um, I, I this is going to sound terrible, but I feel like majors leaves a lot of uh, yards on the field that if another running back had that same play, could have done more with. He does, he does less with more. That, that That's one thing personnel-wise. And then just between the tackles, he doesn't have a really good feel or make people miss. He doesn't get small. Uh, let me give you an example. sachuk has a play. I think it's the fourth quarter. I think it's the very first first down we pick up. The backer is not blocked. And so Sachuk has a backer right there in the hole with him. You can go and watch it. And Sachuk gets small and really just gives him a shoulder. And he eats up the tackle and goes and gets seven yards. Like he got six or seven yards after contact, which you just don't see – uh, majors do unless he's gotten his shoulder square and people are having to glance off of him. Then he can kind of go get some more yards. But if he is in a position where it's mano y mano, he just hasn't been able to make people miss. Sachuk did it in that one. He did more in that one carry than I've seen majors do with 10 carries as the premier running back running up the A or B gap. So personnel-wise, I think Sachuk did enough Saturday, even after his abysmal first couple touches, to deserve an opportunity to, to be the alpha. I really do. I believe he deserves that. So, so that's number one. Personnel. Scheme. One play just really it, it came to me. It's the third and one. It's the third in an an inch, and we're running an an inside zone concept. And again, this is a play where they show the play again from the upper angle. And what we see is Rame says, oh, this guy is outside of me, so I'm going to the next level. And then I think, I don't know, I think Everett's the right guard. I don't remember who the right guard is. The right guard says, oh, this guy flashes outside of my face, so I'm going to step inside of him and go to the next level. And then Raul says, oh, this guy's inside of me, so I'm going to go bypass him. And the guy, all three of them bypass him, and he makes the play. Do you remember the play? It's like 31 or less than one. Uh, it's their big zero technique. He's a solid player. He got hurt a couple of times during the game, but we're running zone and inside zone, an inside zone concept on third and like literally three links maybe. And the guy makes the play a yard and a half in the backfield. Of course, it's major, major, uh, it's majors. And we, you know, we don't, we don't get the conversion. Well, on that play, I'm looking and I said, you know what I noticed? Our O line is bigger than I can remember it being in the last three or four years. I'm looking mm. at every. By the way, when, Rain looks pretty good now, right? Green is a monster. And of course, the two tackles are, you know, those guys are, are Rousen and, and, and Guyton are guys who are going to be playing on Sunday. I said, man, we have an SECO line. We, we like, today. We, j- we really do. And I kept saying to myself after that, I said, man, I wonder what would happen if we just lined up. And said, hey, man, we're going to do man scheme. We're going to block down. We're going to take the first bait. Like, that's my man, unless he leaves that area. And we started just running right at them. Well, what happens in the fourth quarter? We can't run the football consistently at all. We're trying to run our outside zone schemes, and, and they're not working. We're trying to run our guard tackle yeah. guard tackle con- con- counter concept, and it's not working. In the fourth quarter, you know what we do? We bring Stogs back in we make him a sniffer we let the quarterback decide which side looks better we wrote we we motion him across the formation and all the linemen block man on and the un, the uncovered linemen and stog go up to the second level to block the backers ladies and gentlemen high school football well high school a lot of high school teams do zone technique now too but this is stuff you learn in jv football hey man go block them if you're covered you stay man on if you're on coverage you go up to the second level i literally teach that in peewee football when i coached pv football that's what, still we what bixby
1: to. does but bixby still does <laughs> that and does it so well because their personnel is better
0: 100 percent. well guess what our personnel was better for that scheme all of a sudden our offensive line aren't getting shook. Guys aren't coming free, right? They're identifying, uh, you know, the side of the man they need to block and they're doing a good job. And guess what starts to happen? We start to get five yards and six yards and eight yards. And then Majors has a play where we run it and he all he has to do is just run left. Just run away from contact and he probably scores he at least gets another 10 to 15 yards but he cuts up by the way it looks kind of cute except he kind of slips but he sticks his foot in the ground i'm like oh, okay that looks cool but then he gets tackled in five yards because he's cutting right back into the safety who you know makes the play but from a philosophical standpoint scheme you watch our team and and you brought it up and i'm glad you brought it up you're right we had a bunch of uh, double slot, which means we've got a little Y. And and by the way, uh, Freeman got some good chunk play. I think he got a nice little catch out of it. And then he got a nice little kind of like an end around bend to back counter kind of a play. But what it tells me is Levy has his first 15 plays. We're running them regardless. And then he goes to what he's comfortable to. And it mm-hmm. felt like to me... It took him two quarters of football to find an adjustment, a pivot to what UCF was doing when he found, because we weren't running that concept with Stog at all. In fact, I don't know that we've run it much this season at all. It's kind of like a play we have that we do during fall camp that's in the playbook, but it's not something we scheme week in, week out. I think they were so fed up and said, dude, we're just going to man block hey, look, Stodd, we want to take you off the line of scrimmage. You're going to be a sniffer. We're going to rotate you to the, or we're going to motion you to the side that we think is the better side for us to run the football. And generally it was to the right. He was starting on the left and, and, and motioning to the right or just lining up as a sniffer on the right. And we ran right at him. And when we made that decision, it's when we got the most yards in the game. And then personnel-wise, when we stuck with Sachuk is when we popped it. So, yes, we've belabored about... Uh, the run game, I think Barry based upon the size of our, if you look at our guards, they're bigger than our guards have been in three or four years. And then of course our tackles, we've consistently have had tackles that are, that are, that are, that are, are you know, big, strong guys that can go play on Sunday. Just, just since big Be- beaten has been here, but I think it's more so the guards, we have the guards that can man block. We 100%. have the guards that that look like what an SEC O-line would look like versus, you know, our guards typically would look like tight ends who put on some additional weight, who were limber, flexible guys, and that's what you want in a zone scheme. But when you look at Everett and you look at Green and even Bird, and the kid from Cal may not fit the mode. I think he's more in in line with what a zone-blocking t- uh, guard would be. But the other three guys, I I, I bet you on Saturday, we see more man-on-blocking uh, schemes against KU because the amount of success we had in the last quarter against um UCF. And so when I look at that, it tells me Levy's got some growing to do and pivoting. He's got to pivot faster. We can't be in game seven. and then also in the fourth quarter of a game that we're, you know trying to claw our way back into when he finally makes a decision. And by the way, we literally ran one play it was literally the same play. Like it wasn't like we had three or four variations or we could run into three or four different holes. It was literally a man on technique. You motion the tight end or he lines up in it. And then they are, they're climbing to the second level and let the running back read it. I'd be interested to see if we have three or four concepts next week.
1: Yeah. I'm watching the saw run. Yeah. I'm watching the saw truck run and it's uh, they got it's dogs who motions, right? He takes yep. the first guy that shows um guyton has the guy who's head up um on his inside shoulder rame has the guy who's head up um and then um i believe that's green yeah green greens um got nobody on him so he goes up to the backer and then you've got rouse who takes the edge guy
0: crazy right then all
1: you need to do is make one guy miss and then if you and which bv so I, I think we caught a little bit of grief for for you know saying it. And they're like, you guys aren't playing a running back. You guys don't know. BV said as much in the in the post game. Post game, he he said it. He said, yeah, we've got to do some better jobs holding blocks at the line of scrimmage and and whatnot. But he said our running backs can't get tackled by arm tackles and go down on the first guy. Like, that's just football. Somebody's going to be unblocked that you've got to make miss. And that is literally why you do the drills that you do as a running back, Dmac is to not get tackled. That everything you do prefaces on don't get tackled. The way you move your feet, the the agility work you do, doing stuff, uh, d- doing doing sessions where where you're going two-on-one, where you're trying to use the blocker, you're trying to read hips, you're trying to get around the guy. It is all about not getting tackled. And this game, more than any, had multiple plays where you, you touched on it, and I've said it almost every podcast, Major just accepts contact and goes down and does not he. Man, some guys just don't have that ability, that innate ability to keep their head up. And it, it's almost like they feel the contact is coming, so they're bracing for it. Um, they're, they're just getting ready because they know it's going to happen versus trying to avoid it. And who knows, man, maybe it could come down to he took a big shot in high school at some point. And then ever since then, he's just been a little shell-shocked when it comes to to getting hit. And like you never quite know what, which is crazy because he's a pretty physical runner. He's a really fast guy. He is elusive, but he's elusive in the open field where his head is up. He has time to gauge his space and cut back on you. He is not the back who's going to make you miss in a phone booth, which is a little bit of what uh, what Sawchuck offers you as a running back. He's a guy who get him in the phone booth. He can make you miss. He can jump cut on you. Um, a play that I, I pointed out was the uh the fourth and one. I think they're on the late, like the 20-yard line. Um, OU going in uh scoring position. And if Major just keeps his head up and doesn't dive, I get that there's probably a coaching point that says dive and take the yardage. But I guarantee you if that's Samaj P. Ryan and he sees that hole and he sees the amount of space between him and that first defender he's not diving. He's not taking the yardage, right? That's a situation where all he needed to do was take one more step and he's got the yards. If he keeps his head up and literally plants that left foot in the ground and goes right, he might score because he's fast enough to get outside guys. So I'm curious to see dmac as you brought up, if they, uh, if they roll with that, that, that kind of scheme, if they roll with the same personnel, I imagine Sawchuck next week will will certainly get more snaps. Uh moving on to the receivers and the quarterback. I thought the receivers played another really good game. Nick Anderson showed that that, that he is all that the hype w- was about. He he really is a guy who who can be a dude for the Sooners. You pegged him at the beginning of the season, having the most touchdown receptions, and I'm absolutely going to be owing you a stake. Although Drake is, is definitely know, coming on strong.
0: I know. He's got five to eight. I know. Yeah, I he's know, coming on strong.
1: That. Um, but First, before we dive into how the players on the field played, do you feel – because I, I feel that Anthony was mostly missed at the beginning of the game. I think he's a guy who – was an easy reception for, for Dylan Gabriel to get his feet wet. I honestly think that's why they went to the gadget stuff because every game so far, if you notice first drive, I want to say Anthony usually catches the first, what, three out of five passes that DG throws. He's that yeah. they, they get that easy out. The, they'll go to the slant. Sometimes they'll try and look for the deep shot if Anthony gets behind somebody, and that's been their game starter. I feel like maybe, maybe Lebby didn't quite know what he wanted to do in this one. Maybe he didn't have the same trust in an Anderson to, to get the easy separation from the corner. So he went with more of the gadget stuff with Sawchuk trying to get him into the game. Talk about Anthony a little bit and then of course go into the receivers and what you thought.
0: Yeah, I think first things first, when you lose an Anthony, um, you know, that changes your approach to the wide receiver position. We said last week, we thought that Anderson might move to X. Anderson played X almost exclusively. He played a little bit of Z, but exclu- he, he was literally lined up on the left side or opposite the tight end. I would say at least 90% of the time, I think he's your new X receiver. Um, and it's interesting, right? We said Gibson might sub on both sides. And sure enough, Gibson was subbing for Anderson and Gibson was subbing for Farouk. So I feel like depth that that quality depth has helped us this year in years where if, if a guy goes down, we're in trouble. So that's good to see. Uh, you know what's interesting is I think Freeman's our best Z now. We don't have a great Z. And it's it's why Anderson was playing Z. We don't have a guy who can go run a post corner and just beat their guy with routes. Meaning like sticking your foot in the ground, head and shoulders, you're facing one way. I'm going one way and then I'm going the next. We have more X type receivers. Gibson's an X. Let's just call it what it is. Anderson is an X. Uh, he's got good feet. He's light on his feet. And, and in that, in that, in that light, it's a plus. But we don't have a guy really probably even better than Anderson. Uh at the Z position, especially if we're trying to put Farouk in the backfield. This is why they went away from that. They didn't go away from Farouk running the ball because he wasn't doing a good job. They went away from Farouk running the ball because if Farouk wasn't playing Z, there's no one else who can run those Z-type routes. And they quickly went back to, no, 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 we have a huge hole on the right side of the offense now because we don't have a Z. And so... uh that is something that'll be interesting to see. Petaway is a guy who I think he is a Z, but he's a year away from being comfortable running those routes. Drake is a guy who I'm sure knows the position, but he's absolutely an H. He's slot, he, and and he and he came up clutch for us in a lot of instances against Texas and against UCF yesterday. Um, and and I think it could be. I it, it'll be interesting to see if they if they try the pup uh, Freeman over there at Z next week. Right. Well, again, there's a, cu- a lot of moving parts. If we go man blocking and we go SaChuk with majors backing him up, I think that helps some of the pass game or uh, running game issues. And then if we do that, then Farouk can stay as Z and we're good. But if they still want to use Farouk in the backfield, it'd be interesting to see how often they move Freeman to Z. Because Freeman can run those routes. He's just a small guy with a small catch radius. And, of course, that makes it more difficult on the quarterback uh, to make plays. But I feel like the the, the receivers, um, Anderson had a couple drops, but he also had a – I mean, his first touchdown, uh, I was watching the play before, and he gets jammed up. He doesn't get jammed, but he gets covered. But I, it looked to me, and I kind of alluded to this earlier. I was like, "Huh, he's doing what good receivers do, right?" Coach Spurrier would always tell us, "Hey guys, when you got a guy playing man on you, tight man, on run plays, practice your releases." And it looked like we tried to throw a fade to him earlier in the game, or if it was a slant or something, and he got covered. He was covered, but I think he learned from that play. And then of course he runs his fade and he, you can see him, he gives him wiggle and then he sticks that foot to the, to the, to the slant. And just like you were talking about hips, he saw the cornerbacks hips rotate inside and then he just ran right by him. And it's a walk-in that's the sign of a good receiver. It's, it's, it's a little redundant, because I feel like our best two receivers are both suited to play X. How long was I saying? I feel like Anderson should be an X. I I thought he should be an X since the summer. All, all Right. Right. But then Anthony comes and of course he's also a good X. I wonder if Anthony can play the Z. I think he could. And I wonder if Anderson takes over this position and runs with it the rest of the season. If they'll say, Hey, Anthony next year, coming back we'll move you to Z because now you have two six two six three types at both positions and they can both do those type of deals assuming you know fruit probably comes back too but assuming fruit doesn't come back so from the receiver position, man, we had Anderson making some big plays. We had Stoops making huge plays. Obviously, Stoops is responsible for the pick. He needs to go buy Dylan a steak. Those guys are collecting nil money these days, so you know they got to <laughs> start doing that kind of thing. <laughs> he needs to go take. He needs to go take Dylan to the best steakhouse in Norman and say, "Hey, man, that's my bad," because Dylan's going for a, a, a Heisman Trophy. Um, but the group, the, I expect them to play well. I think. If Farouk is playing Z, I think we have a receiver core that's not going to be a minus in a championship caliber game. I mean, clearly, Texas is probably who we see in the Big 12 championship if we continue to win and they continue to win. And we saw how those guys played in that environment. So I think they're good enough to be conference championship caliber good. And then I don't think there's a team that's so dominant, assuming Michigan isn't as good as we think they are because they haven't played anybody with an offense. I think our receiver core stands the stands up to whoever we play against, uh, for a championship. So I like him. you know, I think Drake gives you what he gives you. Drake's going to get a cup of coffee in the league. And if he gets on with the right team, he could play for a while. Drake's a tough, smart guy. He catches the football yards after the catch. He blocks his his ass off and he has the, he has the, The luxury of being a grown ass man, he's been in college six years. So he's, he's got his additional man strength. Drake's a guy who could play, you know, Renfro and, 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 you know, Wes Walker. I don't know if he's as talented as Wes Walker was. He's not, but still Drake's a guy who has earned the right to say, I deserve to be a guy who can play on Sundays and he's our slot. And, And a lot of people are, oh, he's not athletic enough. Like, dude, get out of here. Drake's made money plays for us and he's we're not asking him to run fades. we're not asking him to run 30 yard corner routes we're asking him to win underneath and he consistently does that so those guys played well um a couple drops i think like you talked about a couple of guys playing in new positions anderson stepped up i think freeman i think freeman deserves more chances period i think like, he I love should him get with a the chance. ball
1: in his hands man him with the ball in his hands is is electric he just does not get it in enough of, of the right spots. And I'm, I'm curious when they go into some of these big games down the stretch, get into a conference championship game, if maybe you see them use him a little bit more. Um, they did not against Texas. He was utilized quite a bit when they absolutely needed yardage. So I'm curious if they do that down the stretch.
0: Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. I I just think our coaches are pretty conservative right now, just like how the running back position are pretty conservative. I think by now, Smothers and or Hicks are guys who at least we should try giving them carries. Listen, I know there's plays they watch on film and the coaches are secretly saying, shit, we blocked it okay, but the running back ran into the guy's back or ran away from daylight. So I know they know there are plays where there's meat being left on the bone. It just kind of... It kind of sits with me that they're being conservative and saying, ah, we don't want to risk anything with the pups. And and I think I think uh, Freeman falls into that community because there's really no other good reason why he shouldn't get just more consistent reps. You can tell they scheme him into the week because, like you said, first 15 plays of the game, he's he, they're they're intentionally giving him a play where he gets the ball. By the way, first 10 plays after halftime, you can see they've schemed up, say hey, we're gonna try this and this and this and this. He's he's generally in that 10 play script as well. But when it comes to just you know playing in the dirt and 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 uh dialing up plays, there generally aren't plays designed for him. We're running our slant, we're running our quick game stuff in the three by two stuff where we've got you know three on two in the flats or three on two in the field generally, he's not the guy they're going to, Drake, they're going to the X receiver, whoever that is. And if they're not going to those two, they're going to Farouk or whoever's at Z.
1: Man, real quick, what'd you think of Dylan Gabriel? How do you think he played? On 360, I want to say I gave him a B, you know, level game. Statistically, probably wasn't his most impressive game. But I will, I will say this, man, he is using his feet much more strategically this year. He is absolutely taking the space that the defense is giving him when they are giving it to him. And, and he's also gotten a lot better at sliding last year. Some of his slides were not very good. Uh, This year, he's a lot better. Um, He's still missing some of the easy stuff. And I think those are the passes that that can make the offense go. How much of that is trying to get used to the new personnel at receiver um but but at the end of the day he made enough plays at the end to to really help OU win it and he needed to be clutch you know now he's 2 and 0 this season last year we said OU lost all of those games they were 0 and 5 this year 2 and O when trailing you know I, I don't remember how much it was at texas but in this one you're down by a score you need a touchdown he goes and gets it both times i mean the, the other time he was absolutely pivotal in, in making the play, needed Jada Gibson, Gibson to stand, uh, stand up. He had a 17-yard grab, um, had an, a very important catch. But um, but Dylan play, played solid. Well, what were your thoughts on how he performed?
0: I think he's a catalyst. I think it's safe to say he's a catalyst. I don't want to patronize him with words to be like, oh, you know, he did it when he had to. He's a catalyst. Uh, he He's, I don't know, he's probably our best player on offense now. Like straight up. I think he's the best playoff offense. Yeah. Um, you know, the, here's here's the deal, right? So if we're talking championship caliber, Drake's play is a big – Drake's interception is a big play if he simply throws the ball sooner. Drake's open for two steps and is running into the safety zone and the safety kind of meets him, which is why Drake kind of grows up and the ball blows, uh, floats in the air and it's a pick. So that's – like if I'm critiquing him or we're watching Monday film, I'm saying, hey, man, you hitch, you see it, you wait another hitch to throw it. Why? Right, so like critiquing the nuances of his play, yeah, there's stuff to critique. He's got to get better, but he also avoided a bunch of sacks and made big plays. He also made clutch throws to Drake, and in the third, in the fourth quarter, where we needed to possess the ball and run the clock out, Uh, he he makes a bad throw to gibson but i just feel like the energy was such that gibson was like screw this i'm gonna make this play right and gibson goes down and and scoops the ball off the dirt and and catches a clutch third down from us from the slot position so i don't i like you know what i'm saying this isn't september where i'm like man if we gave jackson more of a chance i wonder what he could be in october going into november that didn't happen and what did happen is dylan improved Right. Mm -hmm. Dylan of September is not as the same player that is now Dylan of October. Um, He is a catalyst. He's for sure a catalyst. And we need a running back to be a catalyst. And I think Sachuk is putting himself in a position to say, hey, man, I can be a catalyst. But Dylan played well. Again, I'm not going to give him a grade. I don't want to patronize him and say, oh, it was just good enough or he made the play. Nah, he, he played well. He did. And there were times where he didn't. There was some stuff that he missed or was a little late on, but the football game boils down to five or six plays, and he made those five or six plays the last two weeks, and it wasn't scheme, right? Levy can't take credit for what Dylan did against Texas to win that game. Dylan did it, and Levy can't take credit for what uh, Dylan did in this game. Third and longs, third and mediums. He's in the pocket. He's he's running away from, you know, the pressure, boom, throws a strike to 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 Drake. Boom, throws another strike to Gibson, like, like checking into the run play to make sure Sacha can get what he needs to get. Those are things Dylan did and he instigated them. It wasn't some beautiful play that Levy drew up because of some tendency we saw, and he just happened to be the guy who was the trigger man on that play. Dylan is becoming the catalyst, and we've got to respect that. Dylan will never be what I think Jackson's ceiling will be, but that's for another year now. Dylan, remember I said it, all I want to do is see Dylan play to his ceiling, because I think that's good enough, and he's 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 accelerating, he is, he's ascending, he's a, improving, and we didn't see that last year, and he was 0-5 in one-score games last year, and now he is 2-0, right, in those situations in the fourth quarter where he has opportunity to tie or win, he's 2-0, and and I give him the credit for doing that, so... I think our quarterback is the least of our concerns on offense. It's literally the least. I think at receiver we lost our our probably our best player or at least most experienced player. And so those guys are adjusting. I think they're doing a solid job. On the offensive line, I believe Coach had an epiphany and said, screw it, let's just line up and run at guys and see what happens. And I think that's probably what this line is more suited to do than try to be super finesse. I saw play. It's Guyton. We run the guard tackle counter. Uh, I want to say it's with Major. It may have been with Sawchuck. It, it may have been the QB. I don't remember. It's in the first half. Guyton runs the counter. He, he crosses the formation. He literally touches nobody and just does a somersault and falls and flips. And we get yeah, like seven that yards. Was, that was Sawchuck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he, yeah. he hits nobody. He doesn't yep. touch anybody. He's just running across the formation. And I got it. He's looking, but like a, a very nimble, right? um, A zone-centered type tackle settles himself and, and cuts across the field to go find somebody to tackle. He literally just flips on the field. We get a good gain out of it. But like, wouldn't he be better suited getting those long-ass arms on a guy who's 80 pounds lighter than him and pushing his ass straight into the backfield? So I think, I hope, Barry, roc and head coach said hey dude let's stop trying to stick a a square peg in a circle hole and let these guys attack downhill because we did a lot more of that in the fourth quarter and i think when we do that some of our other guys will have some success and i think the offense will pick up steam
1: yeah well, when you have personnel that that is as good as oklahoma has shown that, that theirs are you know i think competitively they're head and shoulders above really everybody in the league outside of texas and that's probably the last great defensive front they'll play. West Virginia is going to be very formidable, and they're going to be a good test for Oklahoma's run game for sure. But as, in terms of overall athleticism, number two for for UCF is going to be the best uh, nose tackle that they'll play the rest of the year outside of a you know conference championship or, or CFP. Well, even in the conference championship, I think number two for UCF is a pretty good player. He might, he, he might even end up playing on Sunday. Uh, yeah. very, very possible, big dude, really athletic moves. Well, wish OU, you know, had, had a couple guys like that, but it's going to be interesting. Mac. of course, we're going to be here to cover it all. We're going to make sure that, uh, we bring you guys as much content as possible. Um, it's going to be an interesting finish to the season. OU now sits at seven and zero. All of their goals and aspirations are out there for the taking. It's going to come down to uh, to what they do in the next few weeks. I have a feeling, Dmac, that this game against Kansas is going to go a little closer to what the game against Iowa State felt like or maybe even more of a Cincinnati-type game. I'll give my pick a little bit later um, in the week, but I think this was one of those contests where you had a really good head coach slash OC he comes into the game he's had you know a, a week to dial in you know, a few gadget plays put them in the system he he knows how to scheme against guys like coach Venables and i want to say Malzon has played Venables like what four or five times since he's been a um, a coach or an oc so he has a lot of experience against coach Venables and the the type of defense that he plays I think OU goes out this week against Kansas and uh, gets things back on the right track. But before we get out of here, DMAC, and of course, we're going to be dropping our Gorilla Nut segment uh, tomorrow. So make sure to listen to that. Uh, before we get out of here, DMAC, any words to Sooner Nation, my man?
0: just win in advance. Think of all the programs who had high aspirations for their teams in September and in August and where those teams are now. Um, This is the part of the season where you just focus on the things you could control. You focus on being healthy. You focus on doing the little things correct. Uh, You want to just get, even if it's a micro improvement, you want to get 1% better every day. It makes all the difference in the world Um, and respect every opponent. You know, this is the part of the season where you just want to go one and all. The season is a one week season. You want to go one and all this week because it's going to get you one week closer to your end of the season goals. You're really close to those goals. Um, and, 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 and just, you know, this is where you really, you just, you just lean on family. You, you hope that culture you've been building since January and February in the off season and during spring ball and in summer when everyone else is in Cancun and you guys are on campus and then fall camp when everybody's getting nicked up and you're running a million plays and then preseason when you're playing against some of the guys there's a ton of rotations you hope your culture suggests that your scout team gives you good looks your, your, your second teamers are dialed in in case they've got to play you know like those are the really small nuance part of the games that certain teams miss out on, certain coaches don't don't uh, pay attention to detail to, and it's why you end up losing a game. I appreciate Anderson coming in and being ready to jump in. I appreciate all those corners who had to play for a long period of time um, while we were getting healthy on the outside where both of our corners, well, not so much mm-hmm. Woody, but gentry and then uh 26 the kid who who was playing well by the way he played a little bit on saturday i don't know we didn't mention him but i saw him uh uh what's his name can i walk? Uh, 26 can i yeah walker i was going to say tawi but yep can i got some run on saturday which was good cuz we need that depth but uh no just sooner nation one week at a time uh go watch how many other teams won ugly saturday Texas probably didn't deserve to win. Florida State was in a dog fight until their quarterback goes out. Dub was in a dog fight with a team that Colorado beat. So, you know, uh UGA only had an easy victory cuz they had a bye, <laughs> right? Bama had to score 27 unanswered in order to t- overtake Tennessee. Um we just need to convoy- focus on us, get better, make sure we're, we're 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 running uh the plays that have been coached up and we're being physical and plan for one another.
1: Great stuff, folks. Make sure to go check out the Twitter at Barry and Mac SHW. Find DMAC at D underscore Mac 13. And of course, find me at BYS Fitness at letter B-W-I-S-E Fitness. Thank you all for tuning in today and we will see you soon.